What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet called Crossover Commerce, where I bring the best and brightest in the e-commerce in Amazon space. Before we get started on this wonderful, beautiful morning, wherever you might be listening or watching from, just want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong Payments is a cross-border payments solution helping e-commerce brands grow. What does that mean for you if you're have a supplier and manufacturer in a different country uh, that you might be in and you want to pay them in localized currency instead of the one that you have available for you. You can do that effectively, efficiently, saving time, money, and effort. You do that by using Ping Pong Payments. It's free to sign up. You just go to the link in the comment section below if you're listening to this in the show notes. And you can sign up for free today by starting with Ping Pong Payments. You're putting more money back to your bottom line. And when you start to sell internationally too, you can receive international payments in their localized currency without having Amazon or any other marketplace out there convert it for you. So when you can hold on to your localized currency, you get the power to uh, put where money where you need to, whether it's paying your suppliers and manufacturers or just paying out yourself on a rainy day. And when you convert those funds, when you need it, have control of your funds, use ping pong payments today. Again, go ahead and sign up. In the link below, or if you want to go and watch the rest of our episodes, you can go to do that by going to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast, where the rest of our 188 episodes live, as well as the one today will be afterwards. We're done today, but if you are watching us live, thank you for tuning in on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And if you're listening to us on the podcast channel under your favorite choosing, we appreciate you learning and tuning in. Uh, at your leisure. So and, that, and that's what this podcast is all about. I'm really actually excited today. Uh, people are coming off the, the highs of the weekend of the cyber uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, um, and starting to look through data. There's lots of people who are, who are just trying to figure out uh, letting the dust settle and see where data points. A lot of different mixed bags, I would say, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, let me know what you think. But if you have seen some data points, a lot of people across the board saw some dips in sales, but it depends on what industry you're in. That being said, I'm excited to talk about the industry and more of the product selections that we're going to be talking about today. If you're a new brand on Amazon, maybe this is the first time you went through a Cyber Monday or Black Friday and the holiday season is really starting to pick up, or you as a brand are just starting out. That's what this podcast is all about, to help other entrepreneurs get a leg up and see what they're doing to help compete against other major brands out there. And that's what this episode is all about today. We've actually titled it Competing with Other Ecom Giants. And what does that mean? We're going to be talking about a brand that just recently, I would say in the last two years or so, launched as an e-commerce brand. They're competing in one of the most competitive categories, and that is beauty brands. Um, I, have, I have the lucky pleasure to have on the CEO of the brand, um, Maza Fiatto, um, which is a beauty brand or means... Uh, breathtaking in Italian if you're uh, looking for the translation real quickly. But we're going to be talking in why get into e-commerce, why uh, uh, why get into a competitive category like this, and how are they are really navigating and going against brands like Ulta, 
um, Sephora, brands that are established in retail setting, but then also how do you stand out as an e-commerce brand? So we're going to be talking about that a little bit today, but I have the pleasure of bringing on Crossover Commerce. Without further ado, Amy Parsons, CEO of Maslow Fiato. Amy, thank you so much for coming on Crossover Commerce today. Hi, Ryan. Good morning. Thanks for having me in your corner of the internet. <laughs> you like that, right? I do like <laughs> that. It's a nice this is where I, Yeah, it's right. It's a, it's an occupied, it's occupied by one. Sometimes obviously my guests where I invite them in. So it's, it's always nice to, I had to actually change my desk. So that was almost in a corner of my office. It felt <laughs> right. So, uh, but that being said, no, it's a pleasure to have you on. You said I was your first talk today. So super exciting pre-show when we were meeting and, and conversing for the first time. I'm really excited. This got me really amped to wake up today and talk about, um, I haven't had a, a specific brand over specifically a new brand uh, like yours on the show in a long time. So I'm really excited to uh, talk about that, but also talk about you. Um, first and foremost, who are you? Uh, why, are we, why are we talking today? And um, give me a little bit about who you are as a person and how we got to where we are today. Yeah. Well, um, so I'm Amy Parsons, co-founder and CEO of, of Matsu Fiato, which is one year old this month. And congratulations. Uh, thank you. Uh, it feels great to be here at the one year mark. And um, we're a multi-brand retailer. So we represent exclusively Italian brands in the beauty and men's grooming space. Um, we import them into the U.S. and sell them through our e-commerce site. But before launching Mazzafiato, um, at a 20-year career as an attorney and an executive with a university system, I was in-house legal counsel and chief operating officer and I had a title that was executive vice chancellor of the university system. And I was in, in that university for 16 years. And so going from that managing very large organizations and projects and a, a sort of giant bureaucracy, if you will, to stepping out and launching an e-commerce business um, in the beauty space was a pretty big uh, change for me in the last couple of years. But in, in that time that I was building my career as an attorney and, and, um, and university executive, I, I got to travel a lot to a lot of different countries. And on the side, I was always studying the beauty business. I was listening to those podcasts, studying those trends, exploring those products. And when I would travel to different countries, I would always seek out and find their heritage brands stuff that was homegrown there, really unique ingredients and places and stories and, and just collected it um, over time and, and over lots of different travels. And, and I've always sort of had a lifelong love of Italy since I first went there when I was 15 years old. And so over the years, I also really sort of became aware that, in my opinion, Italy produces a lot of the best stuff in the world, not just beauty, but, you know, wine and fashion and cars and, and food and you name it. And so I, I really started getting into the native Italian beauty brands and exploring those stories and bringing those products back to the U.S. and, and never really thinking that I would um, jump industries and do anything with this. But over time, I just started penciling out what if we created a, a new retail experience in the U.S., um, as sort of a, a counterpoint, if you will, to some of those other retail giants that we all know of, which is how we experience a lot of 
beauty retail um, here in the U.S. and and put together an all Italian offering of heritage brands and men's brands. Um, so men are men are half of our brands, half of our our customers, half of our products because Italy just has this amazing collection of Italian men's grooming products. So you know, what would it look like to create sort of a, a counterpoint to how we normally experience beauty in the U.S. based on these Italian brands? And um, yeah, long story short, I guess that's how no, we that, that, ended up here putting the company together. And that's why we're here today. Well, I'm, I'm laughing or I'm laughing to myself over here uh, for those who are listening. And I'm just laughing because you found a passion and you stick with it, which I think a lot of people do get in this industry because of passion. And they find it enjoyable to work with, but you found a niche that I don't think a lot of people, they come in a roundabout way to get there. You came in a way of saw a market, not just a product. You saw a market of obviously Italian. Uh, I, I, I personally have been in Italy too. I've only been once. We we're talking pre-show. I was supposed to go back in 2020 uh, for my fifth year anniversary. Potentially we'll go here in the, this next year. Uh, fingers crossed uh, at this, at this juncture, but uh Italy is so beautiful and you're right. It's the, there's the leather goods industry. There's the, uh, there's the fashion industry. There's the beauty industry. That's why everyone there looks so darn, uh, like young, I would say (laughs) they all, they all look, uh, uh, but the food, the, like the culture, everything like that has a sense of feeling. And when you get into that, like it's luxury, a lot of people think it's luxury. It it makes you feel a certain way. And that I think is a, a certain place where you can really live within and start to ebb and flow in a lot of different ways. Uh, but why, why beauty? Um, you, you can go in those different ways. Why men's beauty specifically and why beauty, why men's beauty specifically? Though? Yeah, I think, you know, it's what you just mentioned is that Italians um, really have this authenticity about their, their products and what they produce and this amazing generational know-how. I mean, some of the brands that that we're representing have been making some of their fragrances for 400 years. Um, their stories are incredible. The, the places that they draw their ingredients from are amazing. And, uh, you know, men's grooming has always been a part of Italian culture. They've got this barbershop culture in Italy where you can go and, and get the shave and get the haircut. It's where people go for community. It's where men hang out. It's their connection. And, over the years, they've developed incredible brands. And I'll, I'll tell you just one, one story. So we have um, brands like Prorosso, which is a real staple in Italy that um, a lot of men are familiar with. We had a customer a few months ago email me and say, you know, I discovered this brand in Milan when I was there years ago called Antica Barbieri Cola. And it's this famous barbershop in Milan. They have the best products I've, I've ever experienced can you just please check them out and see if you can get them here? So we're interested. We reach out. We start making friends with them. We have people we know in Italy go into the barbershop, experience it for themselves. They ship us the product and we bought it and we're importing it now. And we just launched it on the site in the last week. So people really connect to these, these stories and this, this heritage and these products in Italy, like, like really nowhere else, I think. Um, and for me, you know, what we're trying to do, too, at Mazzafiato is, whereas a lot of the beauty experience right now in the U.S. is really driven by uh, influencers and celebrities and, and trends and things like that. I'm in my 40s now, and 
you know, me and my peer group, we're not quite so influenced anymore uh, by what we see in that type of beauty culture. And you can say we, no, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 it doesn't feel quite as uh, motivating to us in terms of what we want to buy. And what is motivating is really connecting into those authentic places and people and stories um, and where they come from. So we're hoping that there is a market for people who want to really connect with their products and know that they come from real places. You can go to Milan when you get a chance to go over there, walk into the barbershop, meet the family that owns the company. Those are the products that you're buying and understand their story. You can go to the island of Capri and walk in and know that they've been producing that fragrance from Cartusia for 400 years. Those types of products and experiences, in my opinion, carry a very different feeling when they're sitting on your counter at home than something that you're just going to pick up at Target on the weekend. Absolutely. So. Well, yeah, it's a different feel. It's an authentic feel. And I totally get that. So to clarify for everyone watching and listening, and again, uh, Amy Parsons of Massapiato, new brand that just launched, you said, in the last year or so. So when you're doing all this work, correct me if I'm wrong. So you are the clients that you're representing, the brands that you're buying from are essentially the, the manufacturers and distributors themselves of these products. You are selling on their behalf or you're becoming this place where you represent all these Italian brands and you're the brand that is selling their products. Like, how does that work? Like, are, are they technically your products or are you buying from them wholesale and reselling? Like, what, what is that dynamic clarification for people? Sure. So we are buying their inventory um, at wholesale. We are shipping it all to the U.S. So we own the inventory. Everything ships from the U.S. We have a warehouse in Pennsylvania that it all comes into. And then we ship to our U.S. customers. So we are, um, you know, always looking for a new brand to add to the collection. We're looking for brands that um, a, are authentically Italian, uh, that are made in Italy, have great stories. We're looking for products that have really high-end superior performance, whether it's in a fragrance or bath and body or skincare. Um, and we're looking for products that have great style. People expect to have a beautiful package when it comes from Italy, beautiful style um, and what they buy. And so those are the criteria that we're looking for. And so far we have 22 brands that we're buying out of Italy and importing to the U S um, and, you know, Ryan, it's interesting when, when we first started putting together the concept for the company, it was really March of 2020. It was really when COVID was, um, shutting everything down in the U.S. And Italy was already shut down. And Italy was hit harder, as you might remember, by COVID and earlier than we were in the U.S. Mm -hmm. by a few months. One of the so, first nationwide lockdowns, yeah. One of the first nationwide lockdowns. So by the time we, in the spring of 2020, started reaching out to these brands with our concept for Mazzafiato, and saying, we want to launch you in the U.S. We want to launch a multi-brand retail store in the U.S. Um, all Italian brands, you're in there with your peers, those types of things. Um, you know, they had already been home with stores closed, um, worried about what was going to happen, worried about their futures and their brands. 
So we actually, I think, came to them at a time that they were really willing to listen to a new idea and listen to going into a new market and potentially going into e-commerce in a big way. And some of them had not been there before. So the timing is such that during COVID, they were all home. They were immediately used to doing business by Zoom. They were forced into this innovation mindset, if you will, of we better start thinking about new ways to do business. So, you know, the months went on and we made these connections and we made these pitches to these Italian brands. And lo and behold, by, you know, a year ago, all of them were in the boat with us and ready to go. And that's amazing. I, you know, I have to wonder if it wasn't COVID, if it was um, a different time, how long it would have taken us to build the company and launch the company. But because everybody was willing to try something new and, and do business with people remotely, even though we couldn't sit down face to face, I think it really sped our ability to build and launch the company in a way that might not have otherwise happened. Well, that leads me to a couple of different questions. So like as you, how big is the team right now? Uh, is it just you and a couple of some, uh, like logistics people and marketing uh, website people? How, how big is the team you're working with right now? Yeah, I mean, physically here. So we're here in downtown Denver. There's four right. of us here normally, but we've got um, our PR folks who help us. We've got our social media folks who help us mm -hmm. over here, our web development team. Actually, those people are all in Denver, but they're remote. Um, right. Once Agencies, a week or so, they'll cycle like through working. the office, right? Even our yeah. our CFO team, our finance team is is remote, but they can come here and be with us in the office from time to time. Um, our outsource, you know, we're working with an outside marketing team for our paid advertisements, for mm -hmm. our Google, for things like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's getting to be a, a rather large team, but in this day and age, everybody is remote. And then once in a while, everybody's here. And then most of the right. time, everybody's remote. <laughs> and no, our, that, our warehouse is remote. Our, our um, 3PL is in Pennsylvania. So right. working with them every day um, as well is, is remote. So it's, it's really one of these companies that's born out of COVID, born out of the ability to hire who you want to hire, no matter where they are, and make it work remotely. So uh, again, the, we talk we talk really high level about brands and you're you're almost like the real real case study that I'm, I'm gonna I have all these uh, questions in my head that I'm just gonna fire away. Um, why? So when you're doing this, did you mean to start direct to consumer first? Because now you said you launched just on Amazon literally this last week. You had your first sales, which again, congratulations, like not everyone gets them for sale, let alone uh, can get to the point where you actually can start selling on Amazon. Um, why, why start direct to consumer? Because it's a beautiful website. I'm just going to give a lot of props. If you haven't gone, obviously, we're going to throw up the website um, for people to find. But beautiful website been featured on publications that are like not not just small publications. You're talking about um, I, I saw it here on the website. You're 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 being featured on the likes of gosh, Vogue, uh, Travel and Leisure, Bloomberg, like those are not small publications. So fantastic that you guys are in your first year being featured in that regards. What was that, that vision that, hey team, we're going to go direct to consumer first. 
and then Amazon and other marketplaces later. What was that conversation like? To be honest, when we first launched, we were pretty committed to, it was COVID first of all. So launching in retail was not an option um, in physical retail. So we wanted to launch on e-commerce direct to consumer in a way to test the market almost in our first year of what brands were going to be most popular, what products, uh, who our customers really were. Like I said, we're surprised to find that men are half of our customers. I would not have expected that. Um, to really test our age demographic geographically in the U.S., where are we the most popular with the idea that then we would go into physical retail in those locations once COVID restrictions let up, the real estate market started to settle down and we could look for opportunities to open physical retail in those places based on what we learned from our e-commerce experience. Um, we still might go in that direction. I think that opening up a, a small set of physical retail stores is still something that we are committed to do, but we're doing well on e-commerce right now. And going into physical stores is, you know, going the clicks to bricks, as they say, route, right. um, especially when this market is still really volatile. Um, we're just not sure that the timing is right for that right now. And the way that COVID is going, you know, we're here in Denver, we're starting to see restrictions and mask mandates and things like that all over again. Mm -hmm. It gives us a little bit of pause about when is the right time to jump into bricks. Um but it feels really good where we are right now in just the e-commerce space. And we've been shall we're, we're a Shopify seller. We've been on Shopify for the last year exclusively. Mm -hmm. um, and as you said, we just in the last week uh, went into Amazon and made our first sale on Amazon. And that strategy, you know, that's a TBD strategy, right? Right. We're going to have to talk yeah. after this a little bit of like the questions you have about Amazon, because I have a lot of people I can point you to. Um, in, in that yeah. regards, if you need that help and support, different different strategy. Like it, so that that's my question for you, Amy. Um, when when brands come to market, they have one or two choices. A lot of people can do, try to do both at the same time, um, but a lot of people put what we've seen is sellers to develop a brand off of uh, through Amazon, and that's where you're starting to see a lot of uh, companies who are um, rewarding that by uh, th this whole aggregation model of if you if you've heard of it or not. There's a lot of money pouring in in terms of operations, acceleration, people um, helping with everything except inventory. Um, there are brands that people just want to exit and kind of like take what they've started and then other people take over that. Um, but this evolution of a lot of people wanted just Amazon specific brands, but now it's become of, I want a mixture of both. You've gone the, not the wrong route. I would say it's actually a different route that a lot of people take. You built this brand. It has... I'm assuming thousands of followers, international exposure. You actually have a uh, sourcing logistics supply chain that you've already figured out its own 3PL warehouse. Um, you're also sourcing from a different part of the world that a lot of people don't traditionally do it. And it's from Italy. Italy's fantastic, but you're coming from, you're coming from Europe over to the East coast instead of uh, the Eastern part of the world to the West coast, exactly. which again has benefits in a lot of capacities. Did you think about all that through, um, like lockdown and thing uh, of the sorts, like did all that make sense to click and you got to see how the puzzle puzzle pieces were starting to align and fit or it, was it just kind of, th this is what we've always wanted to do. And I think that's how brands get born is, hey, we got to build an audience first and then the marketplaces come second. 
Yeah, it definitely came from this is what we want to do. This is the country we want. These are the brands we want. We think that, um, you know, we honestly believe we've got the best, the best products in the world coming in and, and want to make those available to everybody in the U.S. Now, obviously, a lot of the shipping logistical challenges that are happening right now are happening from Asia to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't like a lot of people, we didn't see right. that, you didn't see that coming. at the time. If you did, you need to go into a different part of the industry of like Ex- forecasting and modeling. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd love to say that we had that all, all figured out when we launched this, but we are feeling pretty fortunate right now that we're not experiencing a lot of the supply chain issues that many people are coming into the West Coast. Now that said, shipping is still really expensive right now. Um, because, uh, you know, it's just a, a trickle out effect. We are shipping most of our product by air that changes all the time. Um, and so, but yeah, by comparison to what a lot of people are dealing with in supply chain, we're feeling pretty good about our situation right now because we're still able to get it. We're still able to, uh, fly it in pretty regularly and, and haven't experienced, um, those, those severe things. Now with regard to Amazon though, I'll say, we are a different, we're in a very different situation going into Amazon than if we were just a brand, right? If we were just a Prorasa launching our 10 products onto Amazon, that's one thing. We aren't producing our own Mazzafiato skincare, Mazzafiato fragrances, right? right? They're not we, buying a Mazzafiato, yeah, Right, product. So we are, you know, the umbrella, we're the multi-brand retailer representing all these brands. We have a thousand products on our site. We are not going to go onto Amazon and list our individual products um, necessarily because it's that's just fraught with peril on Amazon. Some of our brands might already have products on the site. There might be others, um, you know, the price competition, that type of thing. Well, so, you could be, there's comp, yeah, there's agreements that you have to have with them too. Like they might right. not say you can sell on Amazon or where you can sell, where you can't sell. They might be selling in Italy on Amazon. You may not be able to get that, that relationship. I've, I've had similar experiences too, where you represent a brand or you're buying from a brand. There's only certain ways that you can engage with that. If it's on your website, if you're a wholesaler, you can't just resell and undercut right. them. You have to, you have to play by all those rules. Right. So, so our strategy in entering Amazon was we're listing our custom made bundles of products rather than individual products. So one thing that we do on the site is that we will uh, put together a bundle. We have 10 bundles on the site. So maybe one is called the Italian gentleman bundle. And we have curated this collection of five different brands, five different products, put them all together in a custom made mozzafiato satin bag. So it is branded Mazzafiato. It is a curated collection that doesn't exist elsewhere. It comes with an explanation of all the brands and the products. That is something that is exclusive to us, that is unique to Mazzafiato. So that's what we're selling on Amazon. We went forward with five of them. Um, You know, there's a skincare Mazzafiato bundle. There's a barbershop bundle. There's a gentleman bundle. There's one called the Perfect Powder Room which are these, you know, the, the diffusers and the hand soap and the hand cream, all from different Italian brands chosen to be together in one curated package. So that becomes our, our unique product that doesn't exist anywhere else. 
So that is the way that we're approaching Amazon is what can we put out there that truly is unique to Mazzafiato. Um, to be honest, in the hopes that somebody buys that bundle and uh, they love a couple of the products and a couple of the brands that they discover through us. And then maybe they come directly to our Shopify site to buy that product with us forever. Um, because our long-term value at Mazzafiato really is our repeat customers. And we're seeing that already of, after our first year. Once people discover us, they discover these brands and products that they love. They're regulars with us. Mm -hmm. um, they're coming back month over month to buy the products for themselves. They're coming back to buy gifts for others. They're shopping now with us for the holidays. So in our mind, Amazon, you know, we want to use it to get our brand out there. We want to fish where the fish are, you know, be in that market, getting our products in front of them. But hopefully it's also driving awareness for us and the other products that we don't have on Amazon that they can come and discover with us um, through our regular website at mazzafiato.com. So like I said, this is brand new. This is our strategy. I'm just laying it out there. What we're hoping is going to happen. Can I don't think yeah. with me in, in a few months and see if it's, see if it's working. It's an experiment like everything right. else you do in e-commerce, right? Well, what I like about that too, obviously, I'm not sure if obviously uh, you and your team maybe built out your own private label brand with some of these um, suppliers, maybe that's down the road. You don't have to tell us on here or not. Um, but that's something where I think is super fascinating too. Of again, if you haven't been on the website, and for everyone who's listening, watching this, not not your uh, ten dollar face cream or anything like that. These are these are high brand. Like you're going to be, you're. It's an I would call it an investment almost of you're investing in yourself. And so by doing that, it's a little bit higher higher end. I would say that it's something that if you're going with, it's going to be a nice gift, a uh, giftable product. It makes sense because if you're putting five, it's almost like you can build out a subscription-based service if you haven't already done this too, because if people um, get exposed to it, like a Birchbox or things like that of these brands, like, oh, I really like this product, maybe not so much that, go back to your website, make repeat purchases and whatnot, or buy it directly through Amazon. Again, everyone wins in that capacity, but... Um, so with that being said, is it because you're not a reseller of brands, is that branding concept, is that something where you as a team want to do that as well of make your own Mazzafiato private label product? Or is that, is that a little bit ways off and you're kind of just happy where this trajectory is going right now? Yeah, a couple things. Um, you know, we would not write off doing a Mazzafiato private label um, product or two. We know that there's value in that, especially as the value of our brand and our name recognition grows. We also don't want to compete with the brands necessarily sure. that we represent. Um, we, we love them. We're invested in them and invested in their growth and success and bringing them to new audiences in the U.S. And that relationship with our brands, that's really our, our highest priority. Um, I will thank you for mentioning subscriptions because we have also recently launched subscriptions and we're not doing them every month. We're doing them quarterly, winter, spring, summer, fall. Okay. Um, and people have started really taking to them, which is encouraging. I think they are great gifts for people to give someone a subscription that they're going to receive four times a year. And what we're able to do is to curate bundles of of these great italian products that are seasonal 
Um, we have one that is the four seasons because we have a lot of home fragrance and candles and diffusers and things like that as well. So each season of the year, you get a different set of fragrances and looks from these Italian brands, depending on the season. Um, we have one for men, one for women, and it just it's a good push four times a year to try new brands, to try new products. And you get it delivered in these, you know, great boxes that have scenes of Italy on them. And it's sort of an event when you get them. So we're dipping our toe in the water of subscriptions. We've been pleased with um, the success of those so far. We've just had them for about a month. So we have four different subscription offerings on the site. And that's an experiment that we're doing as well. And what we're seeing is they're just, they're a great offering for um, brand discovery. If people don't want to discover brands on their own, say, all right, I'll spend a couple hundred dollars and just send them to me during the year. I'll find my favorites or to give them right. to somebody else. So that's a strategy that we're trying um, to, but we're only doing it quarterly to start in this next year, see how it goes. Um, and if people want their deliveries more frequently, then we might start with another offering of um, once a month. Gotcha. So Amy, uh, obviously we, we talked about like, I love the story of all this and it seems like you guys are doing phenomenal, profitable, growing, all those things that every business wants to do. Super competitive category and you didn't shy behind that either. When people are in this space of beauty, health and wellness in that, in that capacity, how do you break through all the clutter when there's tons of money being thrown at, like you said? influencers, marketing, there's big retail brands out there. Um, you know, we, we mentioned in the intro, Ulta, um, Sephora, lots of big, you know, brands. And then you have influencers creating their own sets of brands and uh, companies. And it just kind of like has this huge industry. Why, I guess, how do you compete with something like that as a brand new company trying to break through? Is it just people want to try different things or what's that thought process behind it all? Or you're still trying to figure it out? Oh yeah, we're definitely um, still trying to figure that out. You're right. It is such a massive industry in the US. It's a bigger um, market for beauty than anywhere in the world. And the number of new brands coming online all the time, the the influencer, all that. And, and as you probably know too, a lot of the big beauty retailers are combining with each other to become even bigger. So, you know, Credo is going into Ulta, Ulta is going into Target and Sephora is going into Kohl's and it's, it's just becoming this, um, in my opinion, very massive, almost homogenized market mm -hmm. in these just massive retailers that are joining together to become even larger into even larger spaces. And so for us, um, telling our story about why we are, we believe really the counterpoint to that of step away from the clutter and the trends and the influencers and the culture of what's new and now and next all the time. And that heritage and authenticity are the new, new. Come back to places that have true connections and stories and places you can travel there and visit them. You can walk in and make those connections, understand the family. So we're trying to compete by telling those stories. We provide right. really rich content on our site. We tell all the brand's stories. You see their family pictures. We publish really rich blogs on the site about 
the culture, about the place where the ingredients comes from, about beauty rituals in Italy that you can adopt, about you know how how men embrace the barbershop culture, those types of things. And for us, it's a fight for visibility of saying, hey, there's something different over here. We have a different type of brand. We have a different type of offering. We welcome men, which men don't always feel so welcome in a Sephora or Ulta <laughs> or a place like that. It's not obviously. For I, I will them. say it's not. It's not my favorite place to walk in. But right. It, so it, but, I, I mean, it's, but it's yeah. It, it's a different feeling, right? Like um, yeah. Like you you would you would get. Um, I mean, it's not a bad thing. I, w- I would say like they they um, those companies know their target audience and who they're going after and make it comfortable for that. But again, that's a, that's a feel thing. That's a, that's a retail thing online. It's almost yeah. a different ball game of it's all done through visual cues, storytelling, emotional appeal, tug and pull um, concepts. And you have to tell the story a little bit differently. Um, but we're vi- very visual medium as humans, uh, both men and women. We like, uh, we like those differentiating factors. I mean, late last night at two in the morning, I think I found myself on Buzzfeed again of like the things that you can buy that are different than every other thing. Like you try to find those weird, unique, quirky things that that stand out, whether it be product or service or whatever it looks like. And people want to feel different. They don't want to be put in a box. So I think that's really cool. That's that's ex- I completely agree with that. You know, I mean, our customers are people who um want something a little bit better and different and most of our price points on our products are not that much different from what you find in those stores so it's just going a little bit the extra mile to discover it um and to bring it into your life and to and to gift it so i know that you know we're not going to compete and we're not going to try to compete with ulta and sephora on things like color cosmetics they have all the color cosmetics (laughs) They have the teenage market um, coming in, following the, the new influencer brands and all those types of things. We're not going to try to compete there, but I do think that we can compete with men. I think we can compete with bath and body. I think we can compete with fragrance and can compete with gifts and home and that overall experience that you want to have and bring into your life. So that's really where our battle is. And as you said, it's a battle for visibility. It's just trying to get that first customer in the door because what we're finding is once they come, they come back. Um, so it's all about that visibility, that first customer acquisition, and then continuing to curate that relationship with the customer through really high quality content, um, through blogs, through interesting, through new brands, through new stories. and and just keeping them as close to us as possible. I was going to say, how um, what's been the success for you as a, as a new venture out there for, you have uh, maybe like a story or a success story that you didn't think would happen with your brand, but then obviously it trickled into big business or a lot of people, they're trying to figure out ways to like get the product in front of people, whether it be on Amazon, there's a lot of different tactics that used to be of like find your core group, um, have a bunch of rebates like uh, cashback, but that's not allowed anymore and try to manipulate Amazon's algorithm. That's on the table for a different discussion another time. But now it's it's a, hey, find your clientele, drive people to Amazon, have that establishment outside. Amazon likes those kinds of outside traffics from like Pinterest, from the likes of Google, having their own D2C website, almost an establishment of a brand. And that's what they're trying to curate moving forward. Mm-hmm. That being said, 
what success did you do you find maybe surprising that you didn't expect to in the first year of operating? Um, this probably isn't the answer that you're looking for, but what surprised me is that there aren't really any surprises in that <laughs> you have to plug away at all of the different strategies all of the time. And, you know, I was new to e-commerce coming into this. And so I would think, oh, we would have this person talk about us. It would be huge. We got listed in Vogue. I thought that that would be huge. It was okay. Um, you know, <laughs> So it's okay. I like that quote. It's okay. <laughs> it was okay, but it, it didn't result in like a, a huge, uh, a huge flood. And what we're sure. seeing now is after being a year in business, what's really working for us is that we're seeing the repeat customers come back and back and back. So Good. all of the different things that we've done to acquire customers over time, we're now seeing the payoff on that because we can count on a regular number of you know, that sort of magic number of a, a quarter to a third repeat and all the rest are new every day, we're really hitting that ratio and both of those raw numbers are growing and they're coming in through Google and Facebook. We're, we're developing a pretty robust affiliate network as well, which is a slow burn on the affiliate side. Um, but you get 10 or 12 good affiliates who are producing good content for you and working hard and it's steady. It's steadily knocking in more and more people. Um, I will say there was one surprise early on, and it sort of opened our eyes to um, that we have a good market for men in this space. And it was that the Rob Report did a article on us. And the Rob Report is a luxury men's um, mm -hmm. publication. I was not familiar with the Rob Report before that. The Rob Report does a story on Mazzafiato that says, hey, guys, love Italian luxury and great products. Now you can get it in the U.S. at Mazzafiato.com. And that it was amazing to us how many men saw it, clicked through, made a purchase just straight in based on the recommendation from the Rob Report. And it was informative to us that we're able to cut through a lot of the clutter to get to male customers easier than female customers. Um, that you can be listed in, you know, some of the best uh, women's magazines, but because there's so much clutter there and there's just so much information out there, it's much harder to compete. You really get to men where they are and trusted um, like travel and leisure and, and Rob Report and places that men read and they really trust they will come come right through the clutter, come right onto the site, find their products, communicate with us, um, talk to us about what they like. Like they just they just come into the fold. It almost seems in an, in an easier and clearer path. So that was a surprise to us early on um, and something that we've just been building on ever since. Well, that, that I was going to say, I, I can't speak for all men, but I think we're a little bit more simple-minded if you ask my wife. I... <laughs> we 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 uh, focus on one thing. We don't get pulled in a lot of different directions. And if we do, um, it's probably much like a yep, that sounds good. And yeah, but but that's the thing in this industry, right? Uh, we we talked about like the direct to consumership um, area, that affiliate model. I'm very well versed in, have ran multiple different um, segments in that in that arena, and both in SaaS, both in fintech, where I'm at right now, and I've done direct to consumership. 
there's been a lot of surprising ones. You'll you'll find the 80-20 rule very apparent of 80% of your business comes from 20% of your connections. Sure. Um, but uh, a lot of them were surprising for me when I was doing that were like the deal sites or the, the places where people would be like introduced to just new products in general of like a bradsdeals.com or slick deals or you might have, uh, it's Rakuten now, but it was Ebates back then yeah. of people want to feel like they're getting a good deal. But again, that's different mentalities of where you might be shopping. Obviously, I saw, I think you guys are with Honey and a bunch of different yeah. programs and things like that. See, I do my homework before I hop on these podcasts. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll compete with everyone who uh, says otherwise that's uh, come on this podcast. I do my homework. Um, <laughs> but with the things of those natures is uh, people shop in different mentalities. Like the Rob Report, he might have an actual very strong, like you said, readership. They trust that, that publication. They haven't steered them wrong. They're going to jump when they say jump. Um, or they might ask how high if they say jump. Um, and, and each ones have different those different markets and you have to find those as a brand. So it, it's interesting. Is that something where you and your team are and your PR team are going to have to find like different publications or different consumer groups and kind of like find those comfy ones that, that do reward you like the Rob report or what do you do with that information moving forward? Yeah. I mean, we're always trying to find our, our niche markets and it's very counterintuitive. A lot of times, as you know, that it really is quality over quantity in terms of numbers. And, yep. um, you know, we, we've tried, we're not a deep discounter. We can't be with our, sure. with our brand and our products. So it's, it's difficult for us to compete with all those deal sites and whatnot. That's not our thing. Right. So right. we're going for affiliates. Um, for example, we're working with a woman named Kathy McCabe, who has the PBS show dream of Italy. She has yep. a magazine called dream of Italy. She, um, you know, and she has been working at building her list of subscribers on email and subscribers to her magazine for two decades. Um, and she put out uh, an email about us, about discovering Mazzafiato and whatnot. And, and her people just absolutely took to us. And it was, it was that, that quality of her list, whereas you go on one of those deal sites, they might have a million people. Yeah. It's not going to work. Um, you might get a lot of traffic. It's not converting. It's not right. So, um, yeah, it's not easy to try to find the right, um, the right affiliate, the right niche, um, the right group. And then when you find them, you study everything you can about who they are, why they love you, where they came from. How do we find, you know, five more of those markets just like it, but it's an everyday, um, learning game. But like I said, it's, it's hitting every single day on affiliates, on Facebook, on, um, you know, Instagram shopping, on all of these different things that combined gets you to that magic ratio of good returning and new customers day in and day out. So I can't tell you one year under our belts that we have figured it all out, Ryan. We definitely have not. But every day we learn something new. Well, you're in the right area, too. I think, um, like you said, being able to support Italian, um, you know, businesses, but then also expose them to bigger markets like the United States. Um, I guess for you and your two, what are, what are those top, top, uh, priorities for you and your team? Is it, is it fi finding new markets to jump into, whether it be, uh, international markets like in Canada or Mexico or, uh, somewhere else, or is it really honing in and figuring out Amazon? What are those like top priorities for 2022 for Mazzafiato? 
Yeah, I mean, one of my top priorities is is we're always building and refining our brand offerings. So um, I'm exploring right now about six different brands to see if they are right for us to bring them into the collection. And even in the brands that we're representing, we're always looking at, do we have their very best products, the best offerings from those? So a lot of our time really goes into building the quality of the catalog, if you will, of the brands. Um, you know, who is our next brand coming in, refining brands that are in there so that we just have the best offering. Once people find us, there's everything that they need, but it's not overwhelming um, that they can really count on that, that quality and authenticity of everything that's in the site. So, so that's our number one priority. We are looking at expanding to Canada and Mexico, um, hopefully in quarter one, we're right on the verge of that right now. Um, and then maybe further, further out than that. And we'll continue to explore marketplaces, not just Amazon, but um, other marketplaces potentially as, as well, the Macy's and Target and, and places like that that have their own marketplaces out there. We'll be exploring those um, with our own bundles, our own products, and just testing the waters to find our markets there. So it's a, it's a deeper and a wider strategy, but it's definitely a very deliberate one. Um, because we're, we're committed to staying in our, our space here of just Italian um, and just these products and, and that importation channel that we've established with them um, and really growing within that channel. So I love that. Well, I think you guys are doing something really cool and just like looking through your website in the past couple of days, doing some research and, you know, uh, I, I think it's a really cool concept and I, I think there's a lot of good things ahead of you and, I can't wait to see, you know, when we check in, I always call people when they're done with the podcast, friends of the show. So I can't wait to see how my, it's almost, I send them back out after they come to my corner of the internet and I see, uh, see them grow and I get to see what cool things they get to do. So I'm excited for Mazzafiato. I think there's a lot of cool things for you and your team out there. And I wish you, you nothing but the best. And we'll have to have you on and kind of check in of what's going on in midway through year two and, and go from there for sure. So is there, is there anything yeah. that you're kind of expecting for the rest of Q4? Is it, has, was Cyber Weekend good for you? Like what, what, what are kind of those initial findings for you and the team? Yeah, thanks. Cyber Weekend was great for us. Um, you know, when we launched a year ago, we didn't know what we were doing. So we, we were not really prepared for the whole <laughs> Black Friday, Cyber Monday um, a year ago. This lots year, of traffic, we were, lots of shop. Year, yeah, we were we were much better prepared. Um, we didn't do a deep discount. We only did a um, a site wide fifteen percent and free shipping, and that was enough. That's all it needs, yeah. So, That's all you need. um, I mean, we we had our our best month by far um, that we've ever had. A lot driven by the last four days. Um, Black Friday and the weekend were better for us than Cyber Monday. Like it really came in hot on that like Thursday Friday, and so. A um, lot of good, a lot of good lessons in there that we can carry forward through next year. So now it's really a matter of really trying to inspire people to do their holiday shopping in the next couple of weeks. Yep. We, like everybody else, is worried about what's going to happen when it gets closer to Christmas. <laughs> and, uh, I'll tell uh, you the strategy that the never, U.S. Yeah. and fulfillment and whatnot. So the name of the game now is like front load December. I was going to say, yeah, the strategies I've always told people of it's never wrong to promote gift cards. It's not lazy. It's if you want your gift and you know that they're going to shop there, gift cards are always great to push. And then also, like you said earlier, the better and make sure that they're aware of shipping timelines. Like 
however many times you have to tell them, always be aware of, if you need it there by Christmas, you must be guaranteed and you have to pay for the shipping and it will be guaranteed. But don't expect it to be guaranteed if you go by the cheap, cheap economy shipping. Always. It's so true. <laughs> we, can just, we can just see it coming now. I think it's going to get really snarled up here in the next couple of weeks. And you're right. We'll, we'll be really promoting our bundles and our products for the next couple of weeks. And then we'll kind of flip a switch and start promoting gift cards, subscriptions, yep. um, those types of things going forward. Printable gifts. Yeah. People can print them out, put them in a box and call it a day. Like exactly. That's, that's exactly. That's, <laughs> we're on the same page here. True. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Feel free to use any of those uh, traits and tell me how they go. But uh, yeah. Amy, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure talking with you today. Uh, if people want to connect with you, they just want to talk to your business. Uh, they might be a small, either a small business owner um, that are trying to get off the ground or if they want to find out, hey, how do I work with Italian importing and yeah. just across the board, how do they get in touch with you and what are the best ways to do that? Yeah, I am. I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. Um, and I'm just Amy at mozzafiato.com is my email. You can email the, um, the email that's listed on the website that comes directly to me as well. So I'm really easy to find happy to talk to anybody. And I'm always happy when people recommend new brands that they've experienced in Italy that they want us to check out and explore. So, um, so email us, we actually have a calendar link on our site so people can sign up and um, get 15 minutes on zoom time with me to talk about products or uh, pitch what they do or or anything at all so we we put that, that up on the site recently people can just go on and book time with me face to face and um, that's been working great very accessible ceo i love that yeah. so well congratulations on the success again it, it's it sounds fantastic what you guys are doing i i think it's what you guys are doing is very cool and nothing looks uh out of place from what I, I glance at. So you, uh, not, not to say I'm the end all be all, but I'm really excited to see brands like this kind of emerge in times like this and um, can't wait to see how the success continues for you all. So again, now friend of the show, Amy Parsons of Mazzafiato. Thank you so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce. Thanks so much, Ryan. It's been great being in your corner today. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Everyone else who tuned in uh, on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, or if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast destination, thank you so much for listening to the entire 189 episode of Crossover Commerce. Again, my corner of the internet. I've never had someone say my corner of the internet so many times in, in this specific episode, but I, uh, I'm always surprised every episode I do this as well. But that being said, again, this week is nonstop. We have two more episodes continuing this week. Um, there's lots of fantastic companies are coming on to talk about their stories. We're talking shipping and logistics tomorrow with a company called Z. So if you have questions about how do I work with new uh, shipping and logistics partners and how do I help build on my e-commerce platform? Definitely go ahead and subscribe. You can get notified by following us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, or on LinkedIn and get notified every episode that we put out there. Or you can just follow myself on social media as well. You can follow easiest ways on LinkedIn. All the content gets put out there and reshared as well. That being said, I'm Ryan Kramer and this has been Crossover Commerce episode 189. We'll catch you guys next time. Take care.